Do you know he uh, he uh, trademarked uh, What Would Jesus Do? Tyler Perry? Oh, come on. Let's see. Art. <laughs> Did he? I don't know. We'll have to. Yeah, I, that's what I heard. I'm going to check that in. I'm going to check that in. We'll add that to the notes. I'll put a link in if that's the case. Because well, that's a weird thing. We could, all, we could always um, use it, wait to get sued, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Hey there, if you've joined the podcast today, my name is Chris Jarvis. I work with companies on employee giving and volunteering programs. And my name's Jake McIsaac. I spend a lot of time thinking about public safety and restorative justice. So we are having conversations here that we've been having for 20 years. Yeah, the only difference now is we press record and share it with you. Thanks for joining us. In today's episode, I asked Jake about the slap that was heard around the world, the altercation between Chris Rock and Will Smith at the Oscars. Basically, I'm asking my black friend, what should I think about this as a white person? So like all um, great moments, do you remember where you were, what you were doing? I don't know if it's a great moment. They, they've talked about this slap heard around the world, Chris, from the Oscars, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you watch the show? You know, um, I don't have a TV, like that old-fashioned oh, idea okay. from like the Here 80s where you watch a, I think they're called a network or something like that. I have streaming, so I had to uh, pop around a little bit and get the the... Um, the little clips from YouTube and that kind of thing. Uh, so you didn't witness it live? No. No, me either. Actually, I I knew the I show that was night. on. Yeah, I saw it yeah. that night. Um, yeah. How did you find out about it? Uh, TikTok blew up. Yeah. Social media, exact same way. Yeah. Uh, and do you remember how it was framed up when you were primed to go check it out? No, I don't. I don't remember any of the framing or any of the, did you see this? Or, oh my gosh, can you believe it? None of that language. I didn't. All I remember is just watching a sequence that I thought, oh, Chris Rock is going to make a joke. And then there was Will Smith and they got up and did a little bit that obviously was fake and then went and sat down and then, wait, that's not fake? Well, so that, I mean, I think what you just described was uh, a lot more that if, if that's how you found out you, you had a different experience than I did. I, I had, um, an Instagram feed that was kind of popping up and, uh, there was, um, there was the quote, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> I think that was what Chris Rock said. Something. Yeah, that was. Right? Yeah. And I'm looking and in the comments before I could even get the clip, there was the, oh my God, did you ever yeah, yeah. see that? This yeah. is crazy. Best night ever. <laughs> so I went to the clip already yeah. primed. Yeah. There was someone who already decided for me that this was egregious, that this was real, that this was mm -hmm. um, over the line and the comments fed before I could even check out what happened. But I, I wonder what the experience would have been like sitting there. You're watching it live. What's the sense oh. making, right? In that moment. Oh, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I I did see some uh probably uh bootleg video from people who are not supposed to use their phones. God God love the rule breakers. Yeah, it was very interesting to see it from multiple angles. Yeah. And then the afterwards where people, you know, well we we can talk about that in a minute. But th when he comes off the stage and he's uh, and he's approached by, um, I mean Denzel. Denzel, yeah. 
Wow. Who I guess prayed for him with him. I guess. I don't know. And then somebody who's the other gentleman? Uh right right away. Wasn't that um Oh my gosh. Well, Bradley Cooper walked up to him and there was yeah. another um somebody else. Tyler Perry. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's who Tyler it was. Perry. I think that's exactly I don't, who it yeah. was. That would explain the little prayer between the three of them because he's like the uh the the evangelical Christian. Okay. In, uh, so they had a prayer. I did I didn't know that. A little prayer. Do you know he uh, he had trademarked uh what would Jesus do? Tyler Perry? Oh, come on. See, our... <laughs> did he? I don't know. We'll have to... Th- yeah, I, that's what I heard. I'm going to check that in. I'm going to check that in. We'll add that to the notes. I'll put a link in if that's the case, because well, that's a weird thing. We could all we could always um, use it, wait to get sued, <laughs> and then <laughs> the, notor- the notoriety from it can boost our, uh, our rating. Yeah, so like, that would help. no downside that would help. except getting sued. I think the I think you just I think you just want to make a little bit of money off t-shirts and that kind of thing. But anyway, so back to the main story. Well, it'd be a phenomenal question actually uh, regarding this slap. Um, but so so I was thinking about um, as as you watch the fallout. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people suggesting um, what should happen next, and I was wondering, and I'm paralleling this like. These are two folks who were at work. Yeah. We talk about it as a, a big award show, but really they're they're at a work event. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so when things go sideways in the work events and and it gets to this, you know, ultimate of workplace violence and 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 uh, gets physical, mm-hmm. uh, it leaves an impact in the work community that I think are some interesting parallels like mm-hmm. how do you respond? What do you do when you hear about the thing but you didn't witness the thing? Mm-hmm. Um and and what are the contributing factors to uh, that allowed it to happen in the first place? So maybe we could just kind of work through some of that. I, maybe maybe I just work at really toxic workplaces. Maybe that doesn't <laughs> happen everywhere. I don't know. Although, fun fact for yeah. uh, listeners, there's a show last season called What the Hell's Wrong with Chris? <laughs> and I recommend you listen in case Chris tries to tell us right now that this doesn't happen where he works. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was about to say, I was about to be disparaging about your <laughs> workspace, but but we recorded that, yours last year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mine's on the record. I it was interesting to watch a few of the other uh, colleagues, actors, right? Um, who who later had a range of responses from, "Yep, that's out of bounds. You don't do that." To all the way across to, uh, he ruined the night for everybody. I can't mm-hmm. believe he wasn't asked to leave. Apparently, I guess, again, some people are reporting he was asked to leave. And he said no, because like getting the Oscar that night, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that action devalued everybody's evening in a way because their stomachs were not, not everybody, but a lot of people, the stomachs were not. Whereas other people were like, yeah. That's about right. I think we need to draw the line somewhere, and that's what happens. So, Mm -hmm. okay, so obviously the difference is how you and I are seeing it based on what we're bringing to it, our own contexts, our own lived experiences, our own bodies. So is this the point where we sort of say, here's my take and here are the questions, or how do we... No, I think think there's a a space to slow down a bit for... For some reflection. I mean, I okay. think these moments allow us to dig in 
beyond what happened. In just what you said, you weren't actually talking about the slap at all. You didn't right. talk about the incident. Right. You talked about the impact of the incident. Yeah. You talked about, you know, um, what the fallout uh, maybe the was, mo- like the, the fallout, um, maybe the motivation for it. Like, right. we don't know. Right. Um, was it, was it justified? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. But most of our processes, when we go to respond to, I now understand that the Academy is doing an investigation, apparently the investigations become hyper-focused on the act. What's left? What's left on the act? He slapped him. Yeah. This is where I think we fail. And I do a lot, a lot of workplace investigation stuff too. Uh, should, you, where we should you just remind everybody, anybody who might be listening for the first time, what gives you any insight on this? Can you credential for the white listeners out there? Like, <laughs> credentialing is a white culture thing where you drop all of your, I've done this, I am this, I have this uh, business title, blah, 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 which weirdly I just learned is a predominantly, not only, but predominantly white culture type thing to do. Anyways, that's why well, the joke that'd I was be, making. That'd be, that'd be interesting to, to dig in more. Maybe we should do that some other time. I, I mean, I okay. think if, if what the question is, is, um, you know, wh- why should anyone care what we think about this? Uh, or uh, right. If that's really what we're asking. I mean, I yeah. spend quite a bit of time, uh, with folks who are in conflict, uh, helping to find a way forward. So using a restorative approach to facilitating, been doing that for about 20 years. And um, really it's this principle-based approach to asking folks, what does justice require? And so this will come back to that question when looking at at this workplace conflicts at the Oscars, but maybe that's asking people what they need in terms of just outcomes uh, can structure the way that you respond. So let me let me go back to this for a second. Okay. You talked about it ruining a night. Yep. That a lot of people worked really hard for. And the person I was listening to said, you don't just win an Oscar. It is a campaign. Like you have to be, it's like winning an election, a seat at a municipal or, or statewide level. Like you just have to campaign, campaign, campaign. It's full-time job. They, I, I had no idea. And so for everybody who was successful in that, to have this happen, that's, that's what that comment was referring to. How do you get that back? So if you can't unring that bell, yeah, you can't make it go away. What do you think they need? Who, who's the, they, the people in the audience, people the, been imp- the the folks who've been impacted, taking those, the, the, the ones you just talked about. I don't know. If I was sitting there, I would like to, uh, know, um, what, what is the protocol going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, are there rules about what we can and can't joke about? Because uh, Ricky Gervais would never be invited, and what happened in this situation? Like, what's the what's the follow through in this situation, and, and why was that follow through the choice? Yeah, I mean, I so in in doing this work in a lot of different contexts, some with incredibly high harm. Yeah, uh, could be loss of life, and there's you're you're working with um, families of folks who have lost someone. Yeah, or it could be. Um, something relatively innocuous that doesn't seem on the surface to have a lot of harm until you start really connecting, well, what's related and connected to this that made, made this so difficult. Okay. People who have been harmed, gen- generally, there's like a few buckets of impact and what their, what their needs are. 
And so it's not always this, but it kind of gets you in the right direction. And this is in no particular order, but one of the things that folks need is to be heard on their experience and believed. So not to have to work hard to talk about and to, to justify why it was hard. So to your point, this day was taken from me. I'll never get this back. Yeah. Right? They want someone to believe that. Okay. They just want to be believed on their experience and heard it and be able to tell their story in what matters most. So the second bucket is just that really um, want a thorough examination of all the things, not just the facts. They want it to be comprehensive and holistic. They want to know that not only are you listening to uh, what happened, but there's an angle here to talk about what matters most about what happened. And the third one uh, is that um, folks want it to matter. Like they want this to make a difference. So if I'm participating in this, if I'm participating in any kind of exercise, whether it's a restorative justice process, I want to know that this is not a waste of my time because you can't unring that bell. What would make it not a waste of your time though? Like, because it's not going to make the feeling go away. No, so, but it, it, it might help us lift the learnings. If we do a deep analysis of what happened in this case, maybe we prevent other people from ever feeling that way again. Maybe we can attend. Oh, right? okay. So we can find a way to avoid this ever happening again. We can attend to whatever, you know, um, happened here. We could ask questions like, well, what would have helped and what would have made the difference? And sometimes it's the action of a person who caused harm. Like you can really pinpoint it on one person, but more often than not, it's about um, this, this tension between collective responsibility and individual responsibility. So now you start having what started off at the beginning of the week about, I can't believe what Will did has quickly moved to, can you believe they allowed him to stay? Can you believe that they didn't have security uh, yes. uh, in place? Can yes. you and that's the nature of conflict, particularly in workplaces. It rarely ever stays between two parties and it just starts to fan out. May, I don't know, maybe you've experienced different differently. No, no, uh, that all seems to make sense to me. So what were the three again? The last one was- They need it to matter. They need it to matter. Need to matter on the go forward. Okay. Right? They need to be heard on their experiences. Right. And, and believed. And believed, yeah. Right? And they, they need it to be comprehensive and holistic, that you're going to be looking at what matters most, all of the interconnections, not just a slap. Because it, if we looked at the slap, yeah. who, was the, who was the impacted person? Uh, Chris Rock. Uh, right. Yeah. Chris Rock. Yep. Right. So it leaves everybody else out. If, if we focus so narrowly on what was the rule, yep. and if the rule was that we're going after, you can't assault another person, then we will miss all of the context that actually caused uh, secondary I gotcha. harms. I got you. Because the, the default is, look, I wasn't hit in the face and I didn't do the hit in the face and I wasn't insulted. So I was just an observer who feels a certain way. Mm -hmm. So how important is that going forward? But you made the observation that if that's not dealt with, the, it fans out, it spreads, and it affects culture uh, in, a, in a significant way going forward in terms of safety and what's appropriate and that kind of thing. And, and people are kind of left out of a discussion, not sure where things are going because they're not perceived as primary to it. And right. you're saying, look, there's a secondary, what did you call that secondary? The, the secondary harms, right? These ripples of harm. But if, if you have the, the other, the other way, if you're sort of, um, 
focused on taking this comprehensive uh, approach, yeah, it means that no one can let it off the hook. So in one case, in this case of the slap, the primary agency of jurisdiction, the the police department, were ready to jump in and ready to take this on, except one person said, I'm not interested in you doing that. And they walked away. Yeah. Right? You're talking about Chris Rock not wanting to press charges, right. correct? So he doesn't want to press charges so that, and I think this is right, actually, for a whole range of reasons, but he chooses not to um, use the police as the mechanism uh, for a just outcome. Yeah. And I should just say for everybody listening, we're recording this a couple, you know, weeks in advance. So we, something may have changed there. So if you're listening going, hey, you two dummies, they, they did get involved. The police did get involved. We're just, this is of our taping the 1st of April. As, yeah. Well, April fools. Um, but, uh, the, <laughs> that's, Hopefully. that's, that's right. I, uh, we don't know what the, it, what the outcome will be, but we know as of this, right. this time the police were at not this involved. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that seems to be a conscious decision that he made. Yes. And and that's a fascinating one. Right? It is um the who do you call, who represents safety. Um that that is a complicated decision in some circumstances. There's lots of folks who have spoke up from a place of privilege and said, whenever these things happen, you should call the police. And if you've watched any of Chris Rock's comedy, there's a lot of reasons why he said in the past that he would never call police right. and black yep. men yep. ought not to call police. Exactly. So he's got a long established commentary. So if not police, then who? So what? And, and you and I last season talked about yeah. um, police are not necessarily equipped to deal with things like this. They only know here's the law that was broken. And here's the punishment and here's the procedure. They don't actually, they're not stepping in to help resolve all the things that you just mentioned. Uh, what was the secondary harm? How do we mitigate the spread of that and deal with that so people understand the outcomes and the meaningful? They're, they're not going to work through that. They're just going to, here's the law that was broken. Here's what happened. Right. It's the, so it's the same way we case, do it in workplaces all the time. Yeah. I don't think they would have resolved anything. I think they would have just punished you punish, you see what's available to you and you, you yeah. meet out that consequence. And then we wonder why people don't have an experience of justice. And this is what happens in workplaces where if you're not effective at exiting a person and getting rid of them completely. Yeah. And most times HR processes don't do that. Right. Yes. Then you're stuck. You haven't resolved anything. You've created a systemic harm now. It's the thing was bad, but the response to the thing was really bad. And so people, it leaves people feeling either it, it puts you on a win-loss because someone has to uh, be heard and someone has to be vindicated and someone has to be validated in their uh, experience. And if it's just about the action and the rule, um, it doesn't go far enough to, to, to dig down. Like, I, let's go through the layers of what could be happening there. Like, if you take an intersectional approach to the slap, Okay, so now we're just sort of guessing as to some of we're the motivation guessing. based on yes, we're, what we're, we can we're guessing what, we, what what could be happening here, and, right? And which is normal, which is what anybody is going to have to do in the in the workplace too. If you witness something like this, you're going to have to make some. That's where you begin the journey, anyways. Yeah, well, it 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 also is something that folks have to be paying attention to, like like we talk about in, in restored world um, context, causes and circumstances. Yeah. Yes, um, context. Sorry, let's go back to that context. Context, 
Okay. Causes. Where, when it happened. Yeah. What, what was, was going local, on? How, who was involved? Okay. Right. Um, Context. Causes. Causes. Okay. And that's where I think you're going to take us right now in terms of intersectionality and some of the motivation that may not be apparent to other groups uh, who are not black, who are not celebrities, who are not men, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And, and, and then circumstances. But let, let's, let's go to cause, causes for a okay. second. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. But I, for, for me, mm-hmm. what's the difference between causes, context, and then circumstances? Because circumstances feels a bit like context. How's that, how are those two things different? So we're, we're, we're paying attention to um, the system pl- pieces, right? Okay. So the circumstances, what are those contributing factors that are environmental? What are those things that are um, most central, related, and then connected? So going out sort of, out of these, um, going to the edges to say, in a big way, what else is happening? Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, so. Yeah. In this particular case, if we're looking at that using those kind of uh, questions, I've seen a whole bunch of different commentary on this, and we'll add some to show notes. Okay. Uh, There's one version of the story that this is black on black violence. Yes. Right? You've probably seen- Fox News, yeah. Right? Um, And um, that there's hyper-masculinity theme, that women are waiting to be saved- by some big powerful man that the only way to do this with following this is physical violence the bigger you are the more powerful you are you will put a smaller man in his place and you right. will do it by violence like one uses words one uses a slap there's yep. there's a and and then is able to offload that by saying i was protecting women because this is my this is my space. This is my calling in the world is to protect women. Now, when the answer on would that have been, one, who? Yeah, who well, asked you? I I read two women who were asking. I guess because they said it's not toxic masculinity. It is what women in the black community. So this need is the next layer, right? To, okay. So this okay. is this this is the the risk is if we only take one narrative and one story, we lose yeah. the, the subtext to say. Well, wait now, hypermasculinity generally, yeah, it, that would be an angle we could get behind, except for the experiences of black and brown bodied female identified folks who are disproportionately face violence and no one seems to take that cause up. Right. There's a, a strong feminist movement around that, that tends to advantage white women. Yeah. Okay, and right. just for the listeners, a lot of you will know this, but some of you won't. Uh, the term intersectionality developed by a woman, Kimberly Crenshaw, and uh, we may provide a little bit of info in there. She was a lawyer who was um, <laughs> defending a woman who was facing um, issues with her employer and because she was let go. And when she went to the courtroom, basically it came down to Either you're defending yourself as a woman, you got let go because you're a woman, or you got let go because you're black. And the white company was able to say, well, we have lots of women and we have lots of black men, so pick it, you're going to lose either. And Kimberly was like, well, she's both. And the law said, nope, you can't be. Pick your identity and we'll argue on the merits of that identity that you've chosen. So she developed this idea of uh, intersectionality, which, and Jake, I know you know all this, I'm just talking out loud, but... Uh, because Jake actually introduced me to the term intersectionality. I hadn't heard it before. But 
w- one of the criticisms is white women have kind of co-opted the mm-hmm. movement a little bit. And yeah, there's a lot of back and forth on that. So I'm just, I just say that because it's ironic that you brought up the co-opting angle here mm-hmm. when it's tied so snugly to the whole intersectionality piece well, anyways. Well, well, this, this, I mean, this is part of it and, and, you know, and, and we could go on and keep cutting through, yeah. um, you know, the idea of what was said mm-hmm. was about, um, I have read a lot about, uh, a, a few themes about, uh, other folks who feel unheard, unseen in these kind of conversations. And those are folks who are on a, a, a spectrum of accessibility needs. Um, and so why was it so easy to make a joke about a medical condition? Like, why was that fair game? Uh, so really going against the other, the other side of it's not about the slap. It's about what was said and it was, why is that okay? And so there's, yeah. And I, and on that one, there has been a lot of conversation over the past decades about censoring comedy Mm -hmm. is an, in insane idea like you just so so what if so these you know it gets really complex if you start going yeah Yeah. that deep and and we should be down for if you're doing a thorough examination you should be turning your mind if you're doing a workplace investigation if you're a person who's responsible to do that or if you're just the person who heard about what happened in the lunchroom and said did you hear that jake slapped chris in the parking lot last week there are another set of questions that you could ask to say, I wonder what was going on. Mm-hmm. Wonder what happened versus mm-hmm. just tell the story of the act. Because when we only do that and we focus in too sharply on that, we're going to lose all the, all the back stuff. So what if then the restorative way out of this was to just start to try and examine how we structure relationships with each other, given all of that context, not trying to mitigate it, but understanding that all of those things can be true in that slap. Every bit of it. Okay. So just rehearse. What are all the things that could be true? And then I want to go back to you. You there just made be, a... There could be themes of hyper masculinity. Yep. There could be themes of black on black violence. There could be themes on um, what's required um, in terms of um, helping black female identified voices be heard and be seen the same in, in some of the same ways. Um, folks in, uh, ex- with accessibility needs uh, who are facing barriers that don't allow them to be show- showing up or any showing up in any way that's significant other than a punchline. And then as you just talked about, but what about my freedoms of expression? Well, I get to say whatever I want. Why are you trying to rein me in? Now, see, that seems like a f- philosophical topic versus an identity related topic. Well, that, the other four were identity. Those, those are identity, we, but this one yeah. ties into at the root of much comedy that is celebrated as edgy is that when we get to take an identity swing, when we cut it really close to this is, you know, the thing that you're not supposed to say. Well, because much of comedy is laughing at ourselves for the ridiculous stereotypes that we all talk about in our head that we know aren't true, but we still do them anyways. It's, it's a bizarre thing. So I think that, I think, I think that's it. You've got all the individual liberty to laugh at yourself. Okay. But you are in risky territory when you start to make fun and have other people laugh. You create an outgroup with just one comment. The people who are laughing. So you're not a big roast roast fan. I'm not a big roast fan because I no. Um, because I think they 
intentionally set up an in-group, out-group dynamic in real time, uh, and then you watch people squirm. What they're squirming about is not typically what was said, but by being outed in front of that group immediately in that moment. And you can see mm. that you can see that dynamic playing out, even if it's just brief and, and they find a way to bring them back in. There is an out-group moment that they experience, and I don't love it. Okay. But that's so we're all over. And we won't make a judgment call on that. Yeah. I do want to go back. You went by really quickly. Um, the gossip piece. I somebody's looking at the window in the parking lot. You and I work at the mm -hmm. building. You walk up and just slap the crap out of me. And I'm shocked. I've and I get in the car and drive away moment. and you drive away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and someone's watching and through the window. Everyone else at realized worth, I got you. <laughs> And immediately, gossip serves a bunch of different functions. And but one of them, it, it's not all bad. No. Um, gossip is part of our sense making, where we talk about what did that mean. We're trying to bring meaning to the experience. And the rational discourse with our in group at work is likely the right place to do that. Now, gossip can also be an othering mm -hmm. conversation, whereby we take a group that we already know we don't like, but we're all going along with this anyways. But oh my gosh, Jacob just slapped the crap out of Chris Jarvis. Now, I, I don't want to say anything about anything, but I think that's just a cultural thing where they hit each other more. They? Yeah, you know, Jacob. They, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That gossip turns to an othering type of gossip where I differentiate myself from the other person. So I've already made sense of it, meaning not my issue, their issue. And now I'm othering. So gossip, and then there's one more. It doesn't matter about that. But gossip can... Like talking about it with your colleagues can be a good way to go. And you're saying, oh, I think you have to talk about it. It's probably appropriate. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. To, I to think you, ha it. I think you yeah. have to. But I, there's if, particularly in the workplace. I think if you're, yeah. it's go, people are going to talk anyway. The leadership moment is to create the conditions for those conversations. So don't let it just go. Really lean in, especially if you're an HR person or if you're an investigator. There's ways to have those conversations that don't burn the house down. And so recognizing that uh, if people need to talk about something, the probably the best way to have that rational discourse is to have them talk to each other in a facilitated way. If this is why we do briefs and debriefs. We help people see each yeah. other and share their experience from different perspectives. And we go around and we ask people to comment on the thing that is so obvious in front of them. But every time we do a debrief at the end of a volunteer experience, it's shocking that just the same set of circumstances, everyone experienced the same thing, but the takeaways are so individualized. Oh, wildly so, different. So in a yeah, facilitated yeah. space, it is the same dynamic when you're doing an investigation, whether it's been an experience, um, a learning experience, or something that's been harmful that you're trying to leverage the learning. It's essentially the same process. Bring folks together, let them hear from each other, pull the themes, uh, pull the themes out because they will recognize as they're listening to each other, um, they're making connections and uh, building understanding. And it's more of an iterative process because the more you do it in these structured ways, people will then start to understand different layers than just the slap. Okay. So instead of HR or the boss looking and saying, that was an that was a crossing the line. Mm -hmm. We need to strengthen the line mm -hmm. and we need to make sure it's never crossed again. So that means we're going to punish, we're going to separate, we're going to deal with, we're going to make it public, we're going to warn everybody else. 
That's not what you're recommending here necessarily. You're recommending the first step is trying to understand who was affected, how that played out, what what was that effect like in their lives, mm-hmm. uh, and understanding that, and then also understanding what the larger group, not just the two individuals, you and me in the parking lot, what the larger group needs yeah. from this process. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, the last piece was, uh, what was the last one that you... Needs it to matter? Yeah, I need, it, I need to know it matters. I need to be heard. Heard, heard on their experience and needs it yep. to be comprehensive and holistic. It needs to be cutting Great. across everything, right? Right. Thorough. Right. So, so in that process, HR is going to go, all right, well, this is going to spill all over the place because right. it's not just going to be the slap. I'm going to have to deal with a whole bunch of things. I don't want to deal with that. I just want to make... I want to corner this, put it away, deal with it, and move forward because we have to make money. You nailed it. But yeah. it will come back. So this this is a, a, a constant conversation that I have with folks who will engage me to do this work within their organizations. I will say, at some point, you and I are going to have a conversation about scope. You're going to say, hey, Jake, I asked you to come in and look at this. And now we're <laughs> over here. Yeah. And you were exactly. asked to come look at this. Yeah. So this has happened. You are making more problems than over we and had over before. and over. So now I just am honest and explicit about it. Yeah. That you don't have to deal with everything. I will help you see that everything is connected, that all of these things are connected. And okay. so a restorative approach um, might take care of one piece of it, but likely at the end of a good process, you'll have a roadmap to say, and what else are you going to be taking care of as you attend to this? If you're actually building the community where the folks are coming together to talk about it, they will take on these other pieces. It won't be the outside investigator. You will have empowered people to see each other, talk about it in a way that allows everyone to be heard. It is problem solving and forward focused. And they're they're going to continue to use that process. You're building inherently in responding restoratively. You're building capacity to keep doing this on the everyday. So it's the leave behind. And that's usually when folks are like, well, okay, I'll do that then. Like this is both response and uh, education and learning about culture. So let's pretend Chris Rock, your HR mm-hmm. lead, and Chris, or you're brought in by HR. Yep. And Chris Rock is- uh, To the academy, I am available. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I think they already- They're, I think they've asked, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, buried in my junk mail. <laughs> Actually, probably true. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many good conversations buried in the junk mail mm-hmm. um, or spam file. So yeah. you're being brought in from the outside. Yeah. What do you do? What What's your goal? Like, what can you go right to the end of you've gone through all of the things that we've been talking about? What happens uh, at the end? How do you know? All right, we've dealt with this. So one of the first questions that I would ask, is this possible here? Do you have willing participants? Because the one thing I was going to interrupt, but I didn't because I figured we'd have a chance to say it, is uh, there's a bit of a decision point made by the folks who care so, or, or who have a responsibility to care. One of the first tensions are, is this safe? That's a really, really good question. Like, is it likely to happen again? So if I were doing this, I would be checking in with the person about their willingness to be um, to participate in a process that would hold them okay. accountable in this way. If not, okay. we probably, if there's safety concerns, it might result in some hybrid approach, which says, 
it's actually not safe for you to be here, dude. Like you may not be able to come back next year to the Oscars because we can't trust that you're not going to do it again. You're not doing your learning. You're not doing reflection. You're not willing to hear from other folks about the impact and then start the reparative work. Like if those ingredients aren't there, you probably don't have much runway to work with the person who caused harm. Okay. That said, even if you take a punitive approach there, you would do well to be paying attention to the other folks because again, you're only going to deal with the slap. So generally you'll have to do both. Some, not generally, sometimes you'll have to do both, but when properly explained that this is a process whereby the person can find their path back into community, not, not easily, but it's one that is guided. It's one that is principled. Um, if you, it, it is this path toward uh, rehabilitation. If you want to come back and journey with us and keep going in this direction, keep working here, I think we can find some runway to, to, to help you do that. And, okay. and, and so people generally, so I guess if you had those ingredients, if you had a willing person, uh, you would follow the process to say in those circles, what is the most directly, you know, so if I were sketching this out, I would say there's probably a conversation between Will and Chris and Jada. That's a facilitated conversation. Yeah. That, now that's right? the, And that's the, that's the core. When, when the I core. think of the work you do, you bring people together to discuss right. face-to-face what happened, why, how mm-hmm. they were all affected, what it, and map out a plan going forward. Right. So that would be the first part. And that's the restorative Right. Right now, just for everybody, as of, the, again, the day of the recording, Will Smith has rescinded his membership. Mm-hmm. He's like, peace out. Yep, I'm done. You can't like, fire me, this... I quit. Yeah, you can't fire me, I quit. I'm out of here. I've done that, though. Yeah. It's yeah. avoidance. Right? I, I mean, I've, I've done that. Lots of people. But let's say, and I think that's a gut reaction. It's like, okay, if nobody can accept it or understand it, I wasn't in the wrong, I'm out of here. But let's assume he said, you know what? It wasn't my best moment. I want to work forward. But to be fair, he had it coming. So that's where his head is at. And you would bring them together, all three of them, to have a conversation. You've already had a conversation with the members, other uh, members at the company to or the academy to help you understand how they were affected, what they want to see coming out of it. And you've demonstrated a comprehensive approach, not just dealing with the slap, but also all the conditions, circumstances, and yep. context that went into creating that moment in the first place. Right. But but I would bring them together in different gr- groupings, right? So would, Obviously, right? yeah, yeah. The work so, plan is so there'd be a, probably there'd detailed. be a plan. Yeah. But yeah. but overall, they would be growing out from the what is most central to those things that are related and connected as, as you work through your, your, your process design. So next year it's resolved. You fixed it. What, what does that fix look like? Is it the three of them standing up on the stage next year and saying, we're going to begin this year by having, or, or a special taped thing or something, but we, this incident, you know, you all know it slap that was heard around the world. We just want to talk about what happened, why it happened and where we are now and how we're working through it. Is that... Yeah, so is that kind of the end that you desire from this? Oftentimes in processes, there is a reporting back of some sort. The what have we learned? The lessons, right? This this leads yeah, to the, because it's the, the what matters. Everybody else exactly. There, yeah. So yeah. how do you make it matter? You tell the story of the the journey, the lessons you've learned. I didn't think okay. this in the beginning of the process, but right. as we've what I've come to learn and come to understand through dialogue, connecting with other folks, is this. Yeah. And and so sometimes there are statements. Sometimes you know written statements. Um, written reports, um, 
other times there's um, an acknowledgement in a process where people are just doing that in the very, very private ones. Okay. Right. That, um, yeah. there are just that some things that like don't get public. place in front of 20 million people. But yeah. you, you might imagine that the kind of, uh, lessons and learning that the three parties most central, they will have things that they only need to say to each other and no one else has a right to that. Just because you I, witnessed it doesn't give you yeah. access to that. And you may not know everything that's going on. Like you right. didn't hear what was said at the barbecue that Chris Rock was at the other day. Right. You know, I, Right. Where they were all there. Exactly. Like Jenny okay, used to so hang out with Tupac. To be clear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's probably conversations that are would be yeah. really, really interesting uh, yeah. that are only for folks who are in that, you know, that that world. Well, you know, it's interesting because Will Smith can do this work. I've seen him with his wife on TV talking about their relationship, very private stuff that was publicly mm -hmm. splayed all mm -hmm. over the place. And they spill that tea, seen... buddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that, well, that, that's because he right? knows everybody's like weirdly affected. And this brings us, even though it's personal, I feel bad for celebrities this way, but this brings us to in the workplace, I see this happen out the window. You're recommending kind of three responses here. First of all, I have to ask myself, am I affected? Well, yeah, I watched it and my stomach flipped and I feel weird and I don't know if I feel safe or I don't know what's going on, but these are my colleagues. And so, yeah, even though I didn't get hit, I am affected. Check that, that yeah, feels that's, legit. Yep. Okay. Second, am I responsible to understand and respond? So that level can be different depending on where I'm at. If I'm a leader, right. I heard this phrase the other day, Jake, we have to do a whole show about this. Um, leaders are identity architects. Yeah, I agree. We tend to think of them as visionaries, cast the vision, this is the direction and make everybody go that direction. But a real leader is somebody who can call out of you the best of you in a way that allows you to feel fulfilled, to be performing, to be a team player, to, to think about who you are, where you are your contributions, at in, but it's a more identity thing. So again, we're not going to Identity that, architects. Identity architects. So if I'm a leader, if I'm the manager mm, of this yeah. building, yeah. Yeah, of this department, I would look at it and say, okay, I need to, first of all, understand, not respond. I need to take the steps to understand, do the three things, who was affected, you know, what was, what was the extent of how they were affected or how do I make this comprehensive so they feel like we're covering everything. And then the third part, which is, you know, some sort of response to resolve yeah. and move forward a plan. So, but if I'm not the boss, I still am kind of responsible to understand, uh, understand what happened and respond as a colleague. Is that what we're saying here? There's, there probably is a role for me to proactively play if I want to be yeah. promoting. No, I, I, I think, I think that that is, you just nailed it. I think that we, we talk a lot about um, equity and diversity but the how is all in, in, in being inclusive. Like that's where you're setting the culture. That's where you're trying to actively make sure people are included. And right. there's, there's no better way to practice or put your, your, your values proposition is when in conflict, how do you act? Do you act in yeah. inclusive ways or do you act in, in ways that exclude and cut, cut off the conversation? And even when I'm seeing right. it in my context. How do I act? Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you cut people off, if you make, if you don't allow them to be heard, if, if you're making decisions that aren't inclusive all the way through to the end of, um, you know, you, the way you investigate, the way you make a decision, the way you tell the story, 
if you're not including other voices, then it's really narrowing the range of options that you have for response. And then finally, what are the cultural contexts or the systems in which we're both are, like, let's say I work at mm -hmm. company X kind of thing, where this may occur or, or be occurring and I just haven't seen it. So again, we tend to think of that as a leader thing, but as a colleague, maybe I begin to think, okay, that happened in the parking lot, but it didn't come out of nowhere. And right. I'm wondering if, is this place a place where that kind of reaction is encouraged or permitted? Like what systems, what are we doing here that, that that played out? And so right. now I'm not thinking about the two people in the parking lot. I'm thinking about sort of a systemic contributor Nailed as it. well. And, th and that's part of the response, even, yeah. even though I'm not responsible, I'm not their boss, but I should think about that. If I want to be truly inclusive with the diverse and equitable workplace, this is important, should be important to all of us. Th th this is the work that we actually hope the Academy is doing, right? This is not yeah. just, it, it is easy to just dispatch this uh, a conflict off to be about these two parties. And it's and who's right, who's wrong interpersonal. It's got to yeah. be about those folks. Yeah. Um, the real pivot is when we start to say, so what does this say about us? What do we need to learn? Where's, where's the, what does this say about what does us? this say about us? Who are we in this moment? Right? So these are some of the restorative questions that we would ask about culture and climate That's to good. say, okay, yeah. so, so that happened. How do you want it to be different? What do you want yeah. to, what would you like to see differently? If this isn't a defining moment for you, uh, where is the runway to create a defining moment? If it, is it a moment where, um, so this will be the interesting work next year, uh, whether Will comes to the Oscars or not, the interesting work will be, what has the Academy done? What are they thinking about? Where's the shift? That's the, Did that's we the just moment. make a new rule. Do we or... make a new rule or was it that we hire more security, right? So it, yeah. it's don't take the easy outs because the, Generally, they will be so obvious if you, of course, you may have to do some of those things, but they can't be yeah. the only things that you do. Yeah. Yes. I think that's, that's great. Right. What is this? And I think that's a great question. What does it say about us? What does us? it say about us? What does it say about me? Mm -hmm. That's great. Okay. Thanks for walking me through that. I feel way better informed now that I've talked to my black friend about <laughs> And we're canceled again. Well, it's been fun, folks. Like, uh, yep, here that we, was a good uh, one. Yeah, yeah. See okay. you next time. It's Maybe. <laughs> this has been a Podstarter production. Starter production.